You're listening to Once, episode 125, Save Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We're so happy to have you listening and sending us your feedback, participating in the community and everything. We've now rewatched Save Henry, and we've got some great stuff to talk about and your feedback as well. So let's get into this. We've got this tiny, tiny little scene from Enchanted Forest, but really cool to see. It wasn't even that tiny. Well, yeah, true. It was a few minutes. <laughs> but I, I loved going back like that to one of the main moments of Once Upon a Time was the the casting of the curse. That's what the whole first season was about, really, was the curse. It was so cool to go back like that and be reminded of stuff from the first and second episodes. Who's it, Denison? Denison? Who's Denison? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Who is wait, it? Wait, huh? wait, because Regina said that Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> is just like all the other denizens of this oh. land. <laughs> Who's Denison? Who is he? Oh my goodness! Who is he? I mean, it's kind of like calling somebody a um. <laughs> no. Oh gosh, the name just left. <laughs> um, are you are you being facetious? Am I being facetious? Mm-hmm. No, I actually don't know. Oh, who is oh. Denison? Oh, it's a noun. Yeah, it's actually Zen. Denison. Yeah, so it's it's Denison, who is Zen. <laughs> okay, you're mixing it up now, but not really. An inhabitant or occupant of a particular place, like all the other Denisons, mm-hmm. like all the other. You're like everybody else is pretty much what she just said. That is what she said. She okay. said it in. In Enchanted Forest speak. (laughs) How funny. Slash political speak. (laughs) Because she would say that as mayor You're such an inhabitant. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool to see her back in her evil queen attire. Mm -hmm. Very familiar. I mean, we've seen Regina in evil queen attire before, but her outfits changed the closer it got to the curse. And it was really neat to see her back in that kind of style, the very elaborate Evil Queen Mm -hmm. outfits and her mannerisms and mood back to that original. And it was reminiscent. I want to know what the sort of audio connection is among the magicals. Because Mm -hmm. you'll see things like this. It just, it occurred to me more in this scene. It's always bothered me. Like Rumpelstiltskin says, I'm waiting! Out at the air, and then she appears, and it's like, did she hear him? Sometimes they poof into a place, and they answer someone who spoke and before like, they poofed. Rubble Stiltskin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do particular things just tickle their ears, and then they poof in? Is that how it works? <laughs> or I want to know. It could have been another one of those things, just like in the second episode, total second episode, we saw Regina was disguised as a mouse or a rat. And Rumpel could tell that was her, and so he said something, and then she poofed back into herself. <laughs> Maybe she did something again here 
maybe that was her way of getting down into this prison was transforming into a mouse and going down. Or maybe even when he was saying, I'm waiting, he was referring to the curse and kind of talking to the curse. Maybe. I, I, now that I, when I said it that way, did he actually say the words I'm waiting? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the actual quote. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I said it, I was like, wait, that sounds like the dude from Princess Bride, which in the actual pilot, when he was in that cell, he talked about Twoo Wav. Yeah. I think it was in that episode. Mm-hmm. So they seem to like the uh, quote that Princess was Bride. The second was... episode. Yeah. Okay. Right, 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 right. Yes. So I wonder if that was an intentional Princess Bride quote. Since and, they've done it before from that scene. Yeah, possible. And they have nicely <laughs> helped us out with the timeline a little bit of this because he did say something like, what took you so long? Because we've talked about before, well, Regina didn't go. And the very next day after pronouncing the curse, she didn't go and then go kill her dad the day after. Right. It took longer than that. Right. I got the idea of several months. I think we established that right but i don't remember how many well and they're reinforcing it about nine months yes they're they're reinforcing it here so this is the day that the curse curse baby (laughs) i love the little the little song that (laughs) almost stiltskin sang to her you shall see you will come to me (laughs) there is more you need But one of the things that, again, ties back into the second episode that I love how they tie this in is he was talking about the hole that casting the curse would leave in Regina's heart. And it wasn't actually Rumpel that had told Regina about that. It was Maleficent Maleficent in the second (laughs) episode. And I went back, rewatched that scene and got this clip. And here's then your little reminder of it. This curse... There are lines even we shouldn't cross. All power (laughs) comes with a price. Enacting it will take a terrible toll. It will leave an emptiness inside you. A void you will never be able to fill. So Regina has known that since the beginning. And Maleficent, Maleficent, knew it (laughs) mission accomplished so it's it's nice to see this all coming back full circle really yes i don't know yeah i mean it's all it's all related what kind of stood out to me this time around when we rewatched it basically the message rumple gives to regina is the same as his own prophecy that was given to him, and it's the same child. She says, well, it looks like getting rid of a baby just made my to-do list. So he basically said, a child will be your undoing. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to get rid of him. And then later on, by the mm-hmm. time she figures it out, he's family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Nice connection. And both times Henry. Uh, not both times, because when she was saying... Well, I mean... Yeah, her... she was talking about Emma. Because Emma was the child that was going to... That she would have to get rid of, not the child later on. Oh, true, on that, true. Yeah. That's true. But it ended up being Henry. <laughs> no, you're right. But it's kind of the same. Hmm. 
I, I thought it was a little strange on the title card that was after this scene to see the shadow there when we almost never saw the shadow in this episode. Just that one little bit being shot out of the cannon and almost being ripped from Henry. Yeah, they, but probably based on the way those title cards have been going, they probably tried to build like the whole adoption agency in the woods and have like the guy and Regina and the whole delivering the baby scene in the title card. And then they just went, no, hold on. This is too much. Let's just put in the shadow and call it a day. Probably they wanted to put the flying Jolly Roger in there and they were like, guys, spoilers. Yeah. And maybe this is their last chance that they'll have to do anything with the shadow. They could have put Pan flying around on the title card. That well, they've would have done that before, too. Pan himself? Um, it, uh, they did, yeah. I oh. think it was Pan. Hmm. Or someone flying. Felix pouting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, before we move on to talking about the Storybrooke timeline, I want to thank Ashley Marie T., from the United States of America for leaving a nice review for us in iTunes. That really encourages us and it helps other people find the podcast as well. If you haven't left a review yet, please consider going to oncepodcast.com slash iTunes to write a review. And thank you so much, Ashley, for writing one for us. So let's step into Storybrooke. Great. Again, so much cool stuff going on in Storybrooke and seeing the characters that we've it seems like we've left behind for so long in Once Upon a Time, mm -hmm. seeing them again in their pre-cursed state, or in curse state, that is. And the main person we start off with is Archie. And timeline here, this is 18 years after Owen. Right. So she, it took her 18 years to figure out that she wanted a child. Yeah. But... She's clearly moving a little bit slowly, walking among these cursed denizens, <laughs> because she still starts to say, I'm the queen. Mm -hmm. It's been 18 years since you were called queen by anybody. I wonder if there was a period of time where she just didn't interact with her people. <laughs> like, didn't interact with Archie, didn't interact with anyone else, really. She tried to stay away from them. Well, remember, they're going... They're living the same day over and over and over and over and over again. Not, so it could feel like like a perpetual, oh, I enacted the curse yesterday. I'm, I don't think they're necessarily living the same day over and over because things well, do change. probably but would feel like it. Yeah, they don't, they're not aware of the passage of time. Right. That's what it was like for the curse. Except Regina probably was, I'm thinking. Yeah. She was. Her only effect from the curse was the knowledge of modern world that came with living in this town and that she couldn't use magic. That was her consequence for herself, but everyone else had their memories wiped. So she knew what was going on. She knew time was passing. And her saying that the she felt nothing reminded me of several people really graham yeah mm -hmm. also cora mm -hmm. ripped out her heart because she wanted to feel nothing and uh will from once upon a time in wonderland huh. with mm -hmm. his situation but we know Co cora we know regina has her heart because we've seen it 
We've seen the hearts of many people on the show, actually. But, but she has a hole in it. Yes. So having a hole is very similar to not having one, not having a heart at all. <laughs> well, I think it's a little bit different. I think that black spot is what, like, I think that it could also be called a hole. Like, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe that was kind of like, in other words, there's a hole there. In other words, <laughs> you have blackness in your heart and it spreads. Maybe the hole just gets bigger and bigger. Or in other words, you shall see, you will come to me. <laughs> there is more you need. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. He's so much fun as Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> the most confusing part of the backstory, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> so when she does go to him asking for a child, a two-year-long wait list, eh, that's about standard for adoption, typically, unless there's some kind of special circumstance. Two-year wait list is Which this would average. be. And... You know, a little lesson here. There is no unwanted child. Mm -hmm. Look at how long people have to wait just to adopt a child. There's no unwanted child. So think about that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Little moral lesson there. <laughs> I I thought that... I know a lot of people are questioning still, like, does Rumple know that he's Rumple? Yeah. Which what... I thought we had settled, but he acted so knowing i don't think so i think he acted like he probably would act his personality the way it was in storybrook and with the information uh, one thing that stood out to me in this was when he said you must put your child first no matter what and yeah he he kind of had a look on his face of that somehow meant something to him but we've seen Mary Margaret say things in Storybrooke before the curse was broken, where it just kind of seemed to mean something to her. Yeah. But she clearly didn't know who she was or what was going on. That's true. I don't know. He had kind of an animosity, though, that didn't seem to just be natural. It seemed like it had built over time, but I thought they were in more of a haze than that. Um, I, I think that... His behavior is consistent with who he is and with where this uh, situation is for him. Mm -hmm. And like, if you were to watch this, not knowing at all what the history was and who he was, I think watching it that way, you might be able to see that, well, he's just, he's being surprised by this and he's acting sincerely on that surprise. Mm. He said the opposite though. He said that he wasn't surprised that she wanted a child. And he said it kind of like, I've kind of been expecting this. Maybe. Oh, well, that could be one of those little clue things that he remembered that at some point she would come to him needing something. Yeah, but he shouldn't remember that. But I did notice they were careful. Well, that's kind of a later on thing, but they, they were careful to never say Emma to him. <laughs> Regina never used Emma's name. Which supposedly is what sort of woke him up. Right. I'm not sure if Regina even knew Emma's name. Well, yeah, if I'm it not was sure on that either. paper. It probably wasn't 
Probably not. I would guess. I don't know. So, uh, I don't believe he remembered, but I thought he acted an awful lot like he did. I thought that he had sort of a vacant expression. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it looked very much to me like standard gold, not a scheming, knowing gold, but just standard gold who is rich and powerful and doesn't like to be bothered <laughs> so much, but he loves making deals. Mm-hmm. When then he does his research and comes and lets Regina know that he's found a baby, he said the baby was placed in Boston. Remember who else was a baby in Boston? No. Emma. Emma and August were babies. in Bo- Well, August was a kid, but in Boston at Mr. Radskin's. I wonder just randomly, wouldn't it be crazy if Henry was also temporarily going to be placed with the Radskins again? Don't touch my tools. Well, that was a foster home. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to adopt and then they discovered, wait a minute, you lost a child a while back. No, you can't adopt this one. (laughs) You you lose these children when we give them to you. You lost another child. (laughs) Hunt for Red October. Oh, wow. But I, I'm not really going to say that's a legitimate theory. It'd just be kind of funny if that was the connection. I do wonder if maybe the family, though, was uh, the Darling brothers. And maybe that's the family that was supposed to get Henry. And then Gold made it somehow fall through. I don't think so. I think they brought up a lot of fate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Once again, to say, eh, nobody specifically manipulated this. It just sort of Hmm. was fated. I thought it was interesting that Mr. Gold said, I spoke with an adoption agency in Boston. Like, he he emphasized the word spoke as if... As if he doesn't really know what he did or... (laughs) As though he was about to say, and by spoke. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I used a carrier pigeon. <laughs> well, well, I mean, like, maybe it was really, but... a different experience hmm. speaking with someone outside <laughs> than it would be for Regina. Hmm. Possible. He did say it was an interesting emphasis. He did. I wonder if he's the only other one besides Regina who could... No, Sydney could also do some digging outside of Storybrooke. Yeah. And they have insurance somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> they have some connections somehow. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something like only Regina can even make contact with the outside world, but some of them can too. But when Regina then goes to the adoption agency, she th- she said she was in her third term as mayor. I... I figured this out that that'd probably be eight to 12 years which doesn't line up with her being in storybook for 18 years but that was probably just part of Mm -hmm. what she put out there to the adoption agency is just to say third term mayor because you could look at her and probably see no she has not served as mayor for 18 years something is a little fishy here i think that's just a publicly friendly way of saying I've been mayor as long as anyone in that town can remember, but clearly that doesn't make sense to a Bostonian. So, three terms. Yeah. 
True. It's her cover and, story. And they were given <laughs> memories. They were given memories of, like, from long ago hmm. in their storybook memories. So perhaps those memories included two other terms of Regina's. Or, or maybe just thinking, uh, it's been as long as I can remember, probably, I'd say, three terms. Well, judging by the fact that that they're remembering specific things, like, what was it, Grumpy, you made reference to? Like, some movie? <laughs> um, Ariel. Or uh, Splash. Oh, yeah. And E.T. Yeah, I I don't think it would be extremely far-fetched for them to remember three, like, two prior terms to this one. Yeah. Or Virginia's. Yeah, could be. But we learned something really a little bit surprising, I think, about Regina in this episode. That she loved Henry. (laughs) (laughs) She can leave Storybrooke. Yeah. All that. Which we questioned that before. We didn't think anybody could leave Storybrooke. Well, we knew that no one else could. But I remember back in season one talking about could maybe Regina leave or could was she maybe the only one who could leave and no one else. Henry could leave because he wasn't from Storybrooke. He wasn't part of the curse. It makes sense that Regina Regina would be able to leave because she made the curse and she wasn't a victim of the curse herself. And she probably never tried to use magic because she understood that this was a land without magic. Mm-hmm. So why even try using magic or maybe the whole thing of just that it's very unpredictable very did we not well no it wasn't there but did we not see her try out of habit at one point in another episode try out of habit to do what in welcome to to Mm -hmm. i i think yeah she did and she remembered that oh no magic and or or that it wasn't working well or if that scene didn't happen, then it should have. You're welcome. Just imagine it like we did. But then when she has the baby and at Grammys. Well. <laughs> She's so testy. <laughs> so funny. Well, like Mr. Gold said later, the the dark circles under her eyes and the quivering in her voice. She's probably had this crying baby crying solidly for probably quite a while. And I don't know if I speak for like other women, but like constant crying, incessant crying just makes women want to cry too. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true about it's, anybody else, but when we got our puppy, she cried a lot. So I was like, oh, I can't stop crying. I've, I've heard someone say that there was some scientific study and I can't quote this. so I might be wrong here. But something that said that a crying baby is one of the most, um, not just annoying sounds, but <laughs> that it it just triggers things in our brain that make us just start to restless, yeah, restless and tense, and because we can't control it really. Yeah. And parents out there that have crying kids out in public, and you parents keep your cool. You know, Congrats. Big, big points to you for doing that because <laughs> cool points. Yeah. Calm points. You have our respect. <laughs> if you're able to keep your cool when your baby isn't, 
then you're awesome. Great job. <laughs> we will we will try to work on these skills for later. <laughs> we should go we should go test our skills like at our nursery somewhere. <laughs> we develop it so we can be prepared. I do wonder what story was Regina about to tell this time to Henry when all that she could say <laughs> is once upon a time. <laughs> Yes, Henry used to feel quite differently about stories <laughs> when he was a wee tyke. I would think that at this point in this relationship with Henry, the story which she was about to tell was going to be a bit more vicious in some way, a bit more evil from her I mean to of her perspective that is. But later on, the story she told was a bit more fun and a bit more about her relationship with Henry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was probably going to be once upon a time, there was a wonderful queen who was had her love ripped from her by an evil enemy, you know, focusing on her. So she went around killing all kinds of people and hating a little girl named Snow or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> but she like was that. interrupted by puke. <laughs> Interrupting puke. <laughs> I like how they tie in some of what we know and what some of the storybook characters would know about themselves. Like Ruby's past. Granny said that Ruby's problems started later. So this is when Granny is still cursed. She doesn't know about the whole werewolf thing. But the curse was effective enough that there was still some kind of problem with Ruby that granny was referring to clearly so to us we're thinking oh yeah the whole wolf thing but granny is probably thinking when ruby started you know oh, dressing the way I was she was say, i was i was thinking ruby ruby like like outfits seared into everybody's brains <laughs> and not wanting to work mornings yeah yeah exactly that kind of you know you could call it rebellion or something. That's probably what Granny was thinking. But it was nice then that we got our own perspective on, on this as here's what we know. And we know that that statement actually has more meaning than she even knows. By the way, it was really nice to see Granny again. Yeah. We haven't seen her in a while. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see her again. And we also <laughs> hadn't seen Dr. Whale in a while. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's and, nice to see him as well. Yeah. His great as prescription. Well. <laughs> <laughs> nice wow. to see him as a while. <laughs> His great prescription, 10 cc's of maternal love. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, and Jeremy and I talked about this a little bit in the initial reactions, if they had done all of these advanced tests, would they have found something strange about Henry? I don't know. Nah. His heart is at least three sizes too big. (laughs) Nice. Except you don't need genetic anything to find that out. We saw Mary Margaret meet Henry. Well, he commented on um, on his heart being really healthy. Mm. Like a locomotive. (laughs) Like a a locomotive. (laughs) That doesn't sound very healthy. (laughs) Well, just that it keeps on ticking. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing can stop it. More powerful than a speeding locomotive. Burning coal really fast. But yeah, Jeremy, you mentioned um, Henry and Snow Mm -hmm. together. We uh, finally occurred to me that there was no David because David was in a coma. Yeah, you're right. 
in one of the other rooms in this hospital. Mm-hmm. Even though it looked very much like the same room. Wow. Well, yeah. Family was all together. <laughs> Different except floor, for Emma. same layout. Right. right That's right, how right. you can explain except it. Except for Emma and Bay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Whole family. And we got to hear Sydney's voice again. Mm-hmm. And more of that whole interesting relationship between Sydney and Regina because of the way she was saying, I knew you would do anything for me. Cue Henry's baby puke. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Once upon a time, there was a queen and a Sydney. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I felt like I wouldn't have expected Regina to let Mary Margaret off the hook so easily back then, even though what she said was true. I feel like Regina would have been more, I would have expected her Accusing? to be more like, just let me take him. Yeah. You're useless. Yeah, true. Yeah, it was kind of uncharacteristic of her. Maybe Henry brings out the best in her. Although this is 18 years after the curse. So maybe. Yeah, but we saw maybe. her 10 years after this and that's how she was. Maybe yeah. she'd grown <laughs> weary of, of picking on Mary Margaret. <laughs> maybe. And with Henry growing up the way that he was and starting to suspect that she was the evil queen and all of that, maybe that was making her be a little bit touchy again. Evil yeah. queenier? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Emma didn't help that. But because this didn't work out, she went to Mr. Gold. I want a refund. And going to break his little bell. <laughs> again, <laughs> I think that Mr. Gold's personality here is consistent with the fact that he doesn't know who he is right now and mm-hmm. or who he really is. And who, mm-hmm. who she is. Yeah. Here comes this lady, the mayor, just really upset and saying some pretty ridiculous things. <laughs> and to him, it's he's just, he's chalking it up to... And out of my shop, crazy lady. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here's the interesting thing, though. Even not knowing his past... There's a good chance, depending on how the whole fog thing works, that he remembered a lot of what she said later, even after she herself forgot. Oh. Hmm. About Henry's mother. At the very least, you would think that unless the curse kind of kept him from remembering, you would think that down the road he'd be like, so there was that one time when Regina was ranting about Henry's mother. Which, you know, wasn't terribly necessary once he started to wake up, or maybe it helped. I would say he he did. (laughs) I'm trying to say does and did in the same word. He (laughs) did remember that because look at some of the other characters who refer to things that did happen while they were cursed. We were cursed. Oh, gosh. And, And that's after the curse. So they do remember things that happened during the curse, not just their fake memories. We are both. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a cool thought there that he remembered that and like i said regina never said emma so mm-hmm. we don't even have to wonder is that when he woke up emma what did that <laughs> i'd love to meet this baby's mama <laughs> <laughs> i bet you it was really weird to hear the mayor accusing him of trying to over like trying to ruin the town that she's built like how, yeah. how would how would a mother coming to Star? How would a baby's mother coming to Storybrook ruin that? And and how would Mister Gold be involved? I mean, 
all within the knowledge of you know only his story work self that yeah. would look pretty weird yeah and so he i think he's just thinking wow <laughs> this whole being a mother of a crying baby thing is really getting to her yeah so he <laughs> changes the subject you have dark circles under your eyes did you know it's kind of like uh so you're pretty much sleep deprived and out of your gourd so i'm just gonna need you to turn around and go right back out that door did y'all bonk your head go on at some point (laughs) when regina took henry back to the adoption agency our listener time spacer noticed something interesting that might be reading into this or might be a cool connection i didn't catch this until the third time that we watched this. I had to look closely for it. We watched it three but times. Time, yeah. Time Spacer <laughs> said, did you notice in the scene where Regina returned Henry to the adoption agency, the outfit he was wearing was a picture of a bus. Probably a reference to Henry, Henry's bus trip to Boston in the pilot. Was it a bus or was it a van? There was a bus. Okay. Well, yeah. the question is, do the wheels go round and round? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be really cool if they hid that in there or if maybe there was some kind of connection there that because he left storybrook wearing a bus shirt that later he left storybrook to go see his real mom maybe just a little reference last time i left i was wearing a bus shirt so it just makes sense that i you know ride on a bus (laughs) yeah okay that's (laughs) not because that's how he knew what a bus was transportation and i can't drive they don't come to storybrook you know hey (laughs) Buses don't come to Storybrook. How did he take the bus? Storage. He had to leave. How did he? How did he do that? He just walked out. Oh my gosh! Major plot hole from season one revealed <laughs> right here. Yeah, we talked about that in the past too. We did. Mm-hmm. Oh well, you know, everything's hazy. You know. <laughs> you don't cry. We've quite been talking about it. this show for as long as I can remember. It has been. <laughs> Almost three years. Well, no, two, two, two years. years. Two calendar years. Wait a minute. I think today... Time works differently. When we're, <laughs> when, while we are recording this on Wednesday, December 4th, we're recording it live. Thank you, everybody, for joining us live. Hey, everybody. But I believe that today is our two-year birthday. It's our birthday? Oh. Or it might be this Friday. Happy birthday, one podcast. Oh. Wow. Our first episode was published on December 12th. Well, very happy unbirthday to us. But I know we recorded. <laughs> it's a merry unbirthday. Oh, we right. recorded all a of very those episodes. Merry unbirthday. <laughs> Which yeah. it's not an unbirthday, it's our birthday. Almost. It's our birth week. Yeah, so we were already recording for sure. The episodes just weren't out yet. Yeah. Oh, so the podcast is technically sweet. older than three years or two years. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to talking about the show. I noticed something. Podcast. At the end of the scene, when you, we see John and Michael, mm-hmm. it just it made me think. So Henry did not need to grow up in order to develop the heart of the truest believer. Otherwise, Pan wouldn't want him then. Mm. So he was just born with it. So um, it, I just thought that was weird. So it's kind of like the truest belief isn't a choice but it's something he somehow has in him yeah maybe it was magic like like emma's magic you know that is kind of funny that they were even there looking for henry because if they knew who he was by the time he was born why was the shadow stealing kids at what point did they go from 
Well, you better just kind of bring them all because it could be <laughs> anybody to... No, it's definitely that baby that just was born. Maybe, maybe they sensed his existence when the lights flickered and <laughs> his little electric heart locomotive heart started beating on the outside of the womb well do remember now we know more about the shadow than we did before the shadow is not actually pan's shadow it He's the is the sole yeah. inhabitant of neverland yeah it is not necessarily under pan's control the shadow might be bringing boys to neverland for a different reason oh maybe that's possible so it's it, kind of weird though and then that but with the whole i believe thing yeah which I'm sure far more children than are in Neverland have said those words. What but... if they had said, like, <laughs> I believe I'm right? Would they have taken away? Or, Maybe that's not I being believe the truest. That... <laughs> or the truer believer, because I guess none of them were the truest believer if that's Henry. So <laughs> some of them were just like the truer or the whatever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Michael and Henry, like, are they uh, just... John and Michael, you mean? Michael and why did I even say that? Oh, that's somebody else's name. <laughs> it made John. into two people. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, it's because I've got, yeah, Henry right in front of my face. They were going to give Henry, he's like, we've got a new family. So they're going to give Henry to two brothers that are at best from the UK. They're not even American citizens. <laughs> and at worst, they have no legitimate background because they should be dead of old age by now. They have resources. Apparently. Well, they're- yeah. They're from the oh the agency is that what they were called from the home office the home office they have resources <laughs> yeah how... including Sandfield walkie talkies and, and their resources <laughs> are what got them through this whole screening process mm-hmm. no doubt because if someone just looked at them uh, the the situation would have a lot of suspicions to it but they probably somehow manipulated the system in Probably. order to go through well that adoption agency has got to get with it because first they give the baby to an evil queen no no, no. first they try to attempt they attempt <laughs> to give the baby to a couple and falls through and well, then they give okay. it to an evil queen yes they get, they actually let an evil imp arrange the adoption <laughs> by the evil queen who cursed an entire population, and then, and then these two British guys <laughs> who have a shady background. It probably didn't look shady on paper. They have a shadow didn't. in their background. Oh, but, creepy! Well, oh. and the adoption agency guy said a family, a family. He didn't say a couple. They're just so, so darling. We we don't what even really know family. what were they posing as. Like were they posing as a couple? I'm pretty or, sure that that's what I thought. They were posing as a couple. Or were they posing as were brothers in this family and no. were the ones helping with this process? Well, it could have been, but I w- I wanted to think that they were posing as a couple. Yeah. But it was odd that the guy said a family. Yeah. Instead of a couple. So, it, it, so like, Wendy was pretending to be the mother. <laughs> except Wendy wasn't around. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> she's too she's young. A, she's a child. I was just <laughs> She's a child. And timeline-wise, recognize that this is in the 90s or so, where certain things, uh, certain policies and procedures were quite a bit different. So, uh, different ways that you could go with it. But the main thing is that 
John and Michael were there to try to get Henry mm-hmm. and probably through. by any means possible. Yeah. But they failed. But Pan never fails. <laughs> Pan. Sometimes he does. Never fails. Because he failed to get Henry. I feel like he fails all over the place. I feel like he does, and he just wants to make everybody believe that he, he failed. failed he at fatherhood. Fail. He did fail at fatherhood. <laughs> but he has no regrets. He failed at believing. He failed at staying young. He has no, no regrets because he's childlike on the inside. Yeah. He has no regrets because he's a horrible person. Um, he's selfish. Which, yeah, I'll say more about regrets in a minute. <laughs> but there was a lot in this episode about fate and destiny. I think fate was the key word of this episode that Rumpelstiltskin or Mr. Gold was saying it. Um, Archie was Regina. saying it. Regina was saying it. Yeah, a lot about fate in this episode as if there's some overarching force something greater than regular laws that are putting things together yeah it's called eddie kitsis and Adam <laughs> in this case yes <laughs> which by the way today december 4th is adam horowitz's birthday <gasps> happy birthday adam horowitz you tried to steal adam horowitz's birthday for the podcast happy birthday <laughs> Just kidding. Happy birthday, Adam. Thank you so much. Hope you have an awesome day, Adam Horowitz. Awesome. Full of fantasy and and magical things. We're glad you were born. We hope that your father (laughs) is somebody that loves you and that you know. (laughs) Because the way you write, I'm not sure what your fatherly background is. Our last collection of stuff here from Storybrooke. <laughs> when Regina went to her vault, which, again, awesome to see the vault yeah, again. I liked was. going back into there. And Henry Sr. <laughs> His tomb, anyway. Beloved father. Beloved. <laughs> but in this episode, and I brought this up several times in the initial reactions. In this episode, I like that we really got to see the good mother side of Regina. Or the trying to be a good mother side. Mm -hmm. Because the scene here when she's in the vault with Henry where she's decided to keep Henry despite all of her worries, fears, and um, everything that she's feeling anxiety about. That's love. When you choose to love someone despite all of these other things. This episode showed me that Regina actually is an awesome mother. Yeah. and I had questioned that before now. I had really doubted that she was a good mother but this episode showed me that she was an awesome mother yeah we've always known that henry mattered more to her than anything else but we'd always thought that it was kind of a selfish thing like she needed him right and And i think in the beginning of this episode it was it was yep but then she had that transformation and realized made that choice to love which was so cool to see yeah i mean at the end she was still saying things like he's everything which no parent should say that this this kid is everything because I mean it's a popular thing to say, but in truth, that's not really like the the core of existence. Right, mm-hmm. and I think the main thing to take from it is to not put um, to, well to put your someone else ahead of yourself. And that's what Regina really had to do is she had to put Henry ahead of herself. She had to stop being selfish and be a mother Mm -hmm. because 
the mothers out there know you can't really be a good mother if you're being selfish. Yeah. You have to put someone else's needs ahead of your own. Same thing goes for marriage. (laughs) Relationships. Relationships. Uh Life. Pretty much. Selfishness is just doesn't really fit (laughs) in any situation. And it was so cute, I thought, to see her telling Henry a story. And oh she my cast gosh. a glorious <laughs> It curse. was so disturbing, I though. loved it. She's like, thank you, Father, for letting me, you know, kill you, murder you, actually, so that you could never meet your grandson, so that I could have <laughs> your grandson. I, I think she was just thanking her father because, because his death meant... She got all of this, mm. like the town, her revenge, her kid. She yeah. got it all. I know. I know what she meant. She's a little too well adjusted. <laughs> She's I mean, her curse was evil. It was yeah. not glorious. The things that she did were terrible. But Victor's right. The history books. But now she's. Well, as she mentioned much later, well, timeline wise, she has no regrets. That's not a good thing. I have an idea about that. Yeah. It's the potion. The potion saved her from the thinking tree. Hmm. So if she hadn't taken that potion, she would have been full of regret. And she would have been killed by the thinking tree. So I, that's that's my thought. That's a good theory. If she hadn't drank the potion, she would not have been able to, to get well, out of the thinking tree. She didn't seem like she had much regret when she was telling the story. That's because she was... That was before... That was before... What do you mean, when she was telling the story? Well, as she prepared the potion, she was already telling the story, and she didn't seem to have much regret about the curse. Well, she's telling a story to a baby. She's not going to be like, (laughs) and I hated everybody, (laughs) so I did this, and now I'm going to drink this potion. Well, this time she's (laughs) speaking... To help me deal with my anger. She's speaking with love this time, really. Uh, By the way, that potion, did you notice it disappeared also after she drank it. I saw it this time. Did it? So the potion is so good at helping her forget that the potion even forgets its own existence. (laughs) (laughs) All the bottles went back to their spots and everything like she didn't do it. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Yeah, when when she drinks it, you hear a little Uh noise and then you see the bottles in front of her disappear. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Nice little detail. So she wouldn't have been able to... (laughs) <laughs> wouldn't have been able to look and say oh i must have just crafted a forget potion i wonder what, I, wonder I, was what I was trying to forget <laughs> i need to craft a remembering potion Vera. now to be able to it's a very thorough oh, potion now i need to forget <laughs> wait i need to remember something um, meanwhile henry just watches his mother have a drinking problem ivani in the chat room just reminded us that when she was about to be executed in the enchanted forest she definitely expressed some regret about not being able to inflict more pain and whatnot. Yeah. That was a bit more of a show sort of thing. I just wanted to bring it up because I enjoyed that. But, and, you know, speaking of the chat room, also in the chat room, uh, it was Hook's girl said that if she chose to love Henry, then maybe she could love someone again. I think we'll get to see that because we got that tease from... Robin Hood? Yeah, about Robin Hood from Tinkerbell. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. I was... Maybe Robin Hood will be Cupid as well, and it'll be like Cupid's arrows and Robin Hood's arrows will be one and the same. Cupid is hosting Good Morning Storybrooke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. I was definitely thinking about Robin Hood whenever Tinkerbell was talking. 
to Regina about Henry and about loving. So I hope I hope we'll revisit that possibility. Yeah, I'm sure they will because they gave us a nice tease for that and told us basically this is where Regina should be. Maybe we'll get to see that or maybe it will be the whole thing of because Regina didn't pursue that, then his life is ruined. And it would just be a shame to know who she is capable of loving as, you know, a husband Mm -hmm. and not get to see that come true. Yeah. And it's it's again all comes back to a choice to love. So she can choose to love really anybody. Uh, It doesn't have to be someone that is her destiny. But speaking of choosing to love, thank you so much to you who have chosen to love this podcast by sending in a donation. We really, really appreciate it. And we love, we choose to love you for it as well. (laughs) It's not hard to choose to love you. We just do because you're nice. David Newland, Lisa Slack, Julia Portella, Laura Sova, and Lori Ann, thank you so much for your donations to this episode of Once Podcast. We really appreciate your support because it does cost uh, quite a bit to run the podcast, host the server, the website, all of these things, running them together, and all of the expenses. So we really, really appreciate your support, David, Lisa, Julia, Laura, and Lori If anyone else would like to support an episode of One's Podcast, you can make a one-time donation or an automatic monthly donation like all of these five people have. They're all subscribers, so they donate automatically. You can donate a small amount or a big amount. It's up to you what you are able to give, and we'd be very grateful for it. You can check out oncepodcast.com slash sponsor for more information and the options to do that to donate to either One's Podcast or Wonderland Podcast. And we'd love the opportunity to thank you in the episode. We'll also have something pretty cool coming up. Another cool way that you'll be able to help us out. But that will be episodes later. We'll talk about that. So not today. But let's then go to Neverland. Maybe the last time that we'll be in Neverland. And and we'll probably come back to that But in our discussion. But uh, cool, cool way of bringing things together, but very, very quickly, much more quickly than I expected. And I kind of like that. We've talked about that with this season, that they've really moved the storyline along. And I haven't felt like anything in season three has been stretched longer than it should have been. No, I agree. So far. Yeah. If anything, I feel like some of the stuff is moving too fast, a little too quickly, Hmm. but that's not a criticism. It's just a it could be moving too quickly. Really busy episodes. Yeah, and and I like it though because it's a fast pace. They're I think they're doing better with season 3 at wanting it to be movie style. Better with season 3 than they did with season 2. Mm-hmm. And just really moving the story along very nicely and not making us wait for so much stuff. But by the way, speaking of making us wait, two more episodes for this first half of season 1. This was episode nine. We've got 10 and 11 coming up in December 2013. After that, a big, long, ugly break for the winter hiatus and then the end of season three. Hiss. (laughs) But realize in this season, we still have 12 more episodes. No, 13 more episodes in this season. Look how far we've come 
and we have more than twice as much as we are we've already covered in the season so some cool things uh, going on but our storyline in neverland for this episode picks up with an unconscious henry inside of skull rock and from this we learned that pan could be injured mm-hmm. <laughs> in some unseen uncertain area that will never have to be shown by makeup artists to preserve continuity we'll just make sure that cut happens somewhere probably on his arm totally off camera i thought it was kind of funny (laughs) pan doesn't need pixie dust to fly anymore right because he's got the heart of the truest believer yeah it's a good thing emma didn't stab him in the heart makes me think That's what I thought she was going to do. It makes me wonder, well, why did she stab her own son's heart? Exactly. <laughs> anyway. Like, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, there goes Pan and Henry. <laughs> Henry. Um, makes me wonder, how did the pixie dust flowers die? And when did they die and all that? Yeah, because a little bit later on, they said that, uh, well, Tink referred to that little bit of pixie dust as the last pixie dust yeah and from um, the last flower and somebody said that pixie dust used to grow there mm-hmm. well the thinking tree rumple's father was a leech on society pan is a leech on neverland he's draining the place of its magic it's, it's sort leech. of true mm-hmm. yeah huh. yeah so he's probably been the one to empty the 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 area there of all of the pixie dust or maybe he destroyed it not wanting anyone else to get magical powers similar to him. I had a thought. I thought maybe Peter Pan wanted, like he didn't want anybody to have the ability to fly like him. So he just thought the flowers away, believed Mm. them away so that nobody could find them and fly, fly away. Yeah. Either way, I think he's the one responsible for all of the pixie dust and flowers being gone. So do you think he could bring them back? I'm not sure if he could bring them back, but maybe now that Pan is leaving Neverland, maybe they will grow back. Maybe. Hmm. That'd be cool. Because when you get rid of the parasite, (laughs) then stuff can grow. And that's the chat room that's been calling him. Uh, (laughs) It's a good name for him. (laughs) And very appropriately, treating him as a parasite, very appropriately. Dalek Ziggy in our chat room said, said exterminate Pan. Dalek. Sorry. <laughs> I just lost geek points. He's a panacite. <laughs> we can call him that. Panacite. Yes. Panacite. Uh, panacite. When Regina preserved Henry it, and what she was saying about how Henry is everything to her. And remember back a couple episodes when Regina was talking to Tink, she said that she feels like she finally got something right with Henry. And this goes back to what we got to see a little bit of in the storybook timeline is that Regina changed every diaper. She made those choices to love Henry. And so she's really wrapped into this and that she doesn't want to fail again. Mm Mm-hmm. Because this is something she finally got right and also something that someone that she's able to love again. And it fills, he fills that void in her heart. Then 
Emma makes her nice, motivating speech with the Lost Boys. <laughs> I and, thought if I I didn't like the scene. I didn't. I just didn't. Why is that? If I were a kid, I would have a really hard time sitting still and and listening <laughs> to this without laughing. Well, they're tied up. That's so true. That keeps them still. <laughs> Well, it's just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy this scene a whole lot. Because I, I was also wondering if the Lost Boys were plotting against Emma and going along with, you know, making her feel like she is actually convincing them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I, I, did, I don't know if it's fake or if it's real or what. I don't know. Well, and Felix is quite loyal to Pan. And it makes me wonder, why is he so loyal? More than any of the other Lost Boys, what makes Felix so much more loyal than all of them? There's definitely a story there, but I loved that he used one of Rumpelstiltskin's old lines. He said, not telling. Oh yeah, (laughs) Rumpel did say that. (laughs) (laughs) Not telling. In typical Felix cadence. (laughs) Yeah. Not telling. <laughs> I, I cannot do it as well as he I'm can. starting to really enjoy Felix. I'm not gonna lie. Well, the yeah, the, he's a great character. I think a unique character to the story, and bringing some great personality to it. And the actor Parker Croft is doing a great job with this as Felix. And I, I was thinking just in this episode, kind of admiring his acting ability. And realizing he's he's a unique character, and he plays that character well. If they would just keep him from certain lines, just don't write them for him, like Rip. <laughs> and <laughs> also, Pan. <laughs> like, if he could have elbow-nudged him, he would have. <laughs> but, yes, the rest of that was great. <laughs> so when they decide to go to this thinking tree, which at first it made me think of Winnie the Pooh. Because Winnie the Pooh would always go sit on that log and go, think, 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 think. And here Pan has something similar. It's his thinking tree. I wonder if Pan ever goes there and sits and says, think, think. think, I totally thought (laughs) the kids that were telling them where to find him, because they said the thinking tree. And Emma says, what's that? And they're like, it's where Pan goes when he wants to be alone. I was like, you were going to say think. (laughs) It's where he goes when he wants to think. Duh, Emma. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, be alone, think, they're the same thing. I appreciated seeing Snow's acceptance of the fact that she would spend eternity, for all she knows, in Neverland because of staying with David and not being willing to leave David. And uh, But we know that that's not the way that this story actually will end up. But she goes... Or will it? Uh, yeah. She goes then with the other two mothers... To the thinking tree. (laughs) There's a joke there somewhere. (laughs) So when Pan is with the ladies, or the mothers, the three moms, mom three, 3M, I don't know. I was thinking about the nature of the tree. Because Pan said that a very significant event happened there, and we got to see that in the last episode. And I wonder if... Because of what Pan did, 
that the tree was created or well he said that's that location is where that big thing happened to him i wonder if the tree was given its magical powers because of what happened there or maybe it's maybe it's that way because of the time that pan spends there thinking about Mm. regrets maybe but he said he doesn't have any regrets maybe he's lying (laughs) maybe but it it protects him too which is an odd way of connecting all of this together that the tree's power is protecting him while he's basically absorbing the power from henry's heart it's just a little a little odd to me. I'm wondering. I'm I'm wondering <laughs> <then> about. <advice. laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but I loved seeing them get out of the situation by again doing what Emma told them they needed to do at the beginning of the season, embracing who they are. Yeah. Okay. I didn't love it. Well, yeah. I guess love it is not the best way of putting it because regina is basically yeah regina you don't feel bad about anything bad you've ever done because it got you what you wanted woohoo because of her potion Uh, no (laughs) i think that's why she conquered the thinking i'm glad that she got out of it but yeah she should absolutely regret the things that she's done but she did get out of it by going back to her evil queen side i'll tell you what she's going to have some regrets they freaking left Pan where he fell. They didn't tie him up. They didn't take him captive. They didn't do anything. They I just they left him on the ground. He was just going to die. I guess. Yeah, because she did say earlier that she was. They could kill Pan, and yeah. maybe she thought that's what they would do. She didn't even try to kill him. If she's miss, I don't have any regrets. Shouldn't they have at least had to restrain her? She pulled a heart that wasn't actually his. So yeah. where's his heart? Unless he's so. Oh, he had two to... hearts. He was like a time lord temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> two hearts. But yeah, did so... they did they bump against each other? Did, did one move over? <laughs> know, did they become really one sure. heart? I'm not sure what happens with the whole heart thing because they kind of <laughs> usually just when they're putting them back, they usually just kind of they're like somewhere in there, and it kind of goes where it's <laughs> somewhere to be. in there. You, fe- it's like okay, ripping the heart out is one thing, but really when you put it back, it should be like. Okay, I I think you connect this and you connect that. I can't see anything in this chest, but I'm trying to connect this heart. But no, it goes back and connects itself magically. So I guess if there need to be two hearts, there can be. It's not not enchanted until you take it. Right. So it is magic when you put it back in. Yes. (laughs) Because it's enchanted. Yeah. And when Henry, this very next scene, when Henry got his heart put back in, that's the first time that we've actually had a good view of someone getting their heart back in. Yeah. All the times before, it's been underneath armor or the camera angle. You couldn't really see the heart In going the back. Underneath just... a ginormous purple robe <laughs> yeah. with feathers on it. <laughs> or, or it was a horse. No, I guess it didn't get put back. No. Yes. And she did it a little bit like CPR. <laughs> yeah. Kind of put both hands Clear. on it. <laughs> Henry's heart looks different from anybody else's. It does. It's all like... It's, kind it's of all royal. like red and golden, yeah. like a king. I'm thinking that's because it's the heart of the truest believer. That special. Yeah, his heart is special. And so it goes back to that thing like that Jeremy brought up earlier, that Henry might not necessarily had to have made a choice to believe, but his heart was such that he kind of had no choice but to believe. 
He was born with the heart of the truest believer. Right, right. Yeah, and just like Emma was born the product of true love, and so she's magical because of that. It's not something that she learned or she gained from someone else. Like Regina learned magic. Cora learned magic. Rumpelstiltskin gained it from becoming the dark one. But Emma was born with it. So that's probably Henry's case as well, being born with a magical heart. When they let Rumple out of the box, like letting the cat out of the bag, <laughs> it gave me an idea of where the season could be going. Mm. Into Pandora's box? Not quite. Okay, good. What if there's an entire realm in there? Oh, my. So, a fire room, maybe? <laughs> or some mirrors? <laughs> I... Well, I see that Rumple's back, and we saw that now this means that David and Snow can go back home. Okay, we know all that stuff. Was he frozen in the same position as he was when he came in? It looked very close. Was he like this? It, it was very close to the position he was... Oh, yeah. and I was yeah. mimicking the position that he had when he had the box in his hand, and his hand was <laughs> waving over it. But was my like, thought, what's happening? But my thought is that we're seeing this opportunity for the family to be all together. Again, mm -hmm. the happy ending there, and Rumpel can save David, David and Snow can be together, Regina will be there, the second mom to Henry, Emma will be there, Henry will be saved eventually. And this was you sort know. of like the best, speaking of family, the best Rumpel and Bay reunion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah, so Bay, Neil, maybe Emma too, depending on which ship you prefer. Oh, All of this together, and I'm realizing something. You know, this is great. Yeah, get the, get the whole family together. But I'm starting to think there's going to be a tragedy to this. Well, there already has been. But there hasn't been a permanent tragedy. That you know of. I think there will probably be a permanent tragedy to this because we're being led in this direction of the family's all going to be together again and live their life together. Someone's going to have to pay the cost. Not all family members play nicely <laughs> with each other. Right. Well, we haven't seen any sort of undoing yet. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And it, we don't know if he came out of the box. Oh, yes, he did come out of the box with powers still. So it wasn't that he was stripped of his ability. Yeah, like we could, had theorized before. Yeah. Yeah. And he could feel when Rumpelstiltskin or when Pan came on the ship. Yeah. I made note of that. I, I wonder how that's possible. I wonder how that's possible. Well, let's talk about that. Blood magic. Part of this story. I wonder if, since Pan discovered that he couldn't take Henry's heart, I wonder if grabbing Henry's shadow was part of the transfer process that Pan, that was Pan's plan, or if maybe that was a last minute plan when Pan started being sucked into Pandora's box. It was a shorter rip, but it was still a rip. So <laughs> it allows an entrance, I guess. Well, I wonder, here are some of the thoughts, just some kind of random thoughts here. Mm. Maybe Pan was going to try to uh, take the shadow and somehow absorb the shadow into himself. Because remember, in the previous episode, we learned that that Rumpelstiltskin's father had said something about the shadow would become part of him. 
And that's what made him into Pan. Now, we didn't actually see it like that, but the shadow was definitely involved in Pan becoming who he was. I think I think he probably did exactly what he meant to. So you don't think the whole switch was a last minute thing just before he got sucked in? I think it was a last minute thing. I think it was. I think he was like, oh, crap, I can't get the heart. Oh, crap, I can't get the shadow. Oh, well, crap, I'm going to have to switch places. Except he needs... Who knew he could do this anyway? But if he can't get the heart out, then he needed to get in. So, like, the shadow doesn't mean anything. He needed to be in a living body with that heart. Maybe he just wanted to keep a piece of Henry so that <laughs> they would need to go back and get it and they couldn't leave Neverland. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So when he he did this, we saw those eye flashes that helped us understand a little bit of what was going on. Yeah. And I saw, I noticed that at the very last minute before Pan's body is sucked in with Henry inside, he he definitely does kind of seem like Henry. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah. noticed that more the second time watching it. Watching it more carefully, it was like Pan's eyes flashed sort of with purpose, and then Henry's eyes flashed, and then when Pan's flashed a second time, he started looking around like, like he didn't know what was going on. Right. Hang on, I was on the bed just a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a really crazy I idea. I thought having my shadow ripped off was bad. <laughs> Here's a really crazy idea that came in. Now remember the prophecy that that young boy would be Rumpelstiltskin's undoing. Well, guess what? The young boy is now Pan. True. Okay, that's that's one thing to keep in mind. True. Or maybe Henry is Henry's personality, not just his body, but Henry personality, the person of Henry is still the person that was in that prophecy. Well, this email came in from Troy, which by the way, Troy is co-host of our Under the Dome radio podcast for Under the Dome. It will Hooray. be coming back in July. So check that out at underthedomeradio.com. But Troy sent in this feedback. He said, I keep watching the scene over and over, and it looks to me that Pan was just as much shocked as Henry was to have switched places. I would say that Mm. was Henry, like Jeremy, you were talking about, that Henry was the one that was shocked now that he was in Pan's body. It's suddenly, wait, where am I? Why is all of this going on? Oh, no, that's not me I'm looking at. That's that's someone else in my body. Yeah, I didn't notice anything from Will... We'll call it Henry from Henry's body. I didn't notice any behavior that seemed like confusion. But then again, I mean, who's to say that it wasn't some desperate thing that he didn't even know he could do that just happened? I think it was deliberate. And I, I mean, think I it tend was to think so, too. But... A last minute thing. Like, I do not want to go in that box. So I'm going to do everything I can to stay out of it. It sort of depends on whether ripping the shadow was intentional so he could do it intentional for another reason or just a temper tantrum but i don't think it was a temper tantrum really well here's a really interesting twist on this and this is where troy continues he said the dark one will always look out for himself and as such the boy will still be on his undoing so i think the dark one caused the switcheroo to happen pan's magic was weakening and without henry's heart really couldn't perform magic, which makes this theory at least have a foothold. Mm, I don't I don't like that theory. <laughs> but 
Think That's about it. No. I mean, I I've thought about see, it. I don't like it. I could. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't like this either. I mean, if that's the direction the story goes, I wouldn't like that. But what if the young boy in the prophecy is actually Peter Pan? Yeah, and it could be Peter Pan in Henry's body. But what if though? And Rumpel, people think time travel is bad. This is just every bit as complicated as time travel, people. What if, though, <laughs> Rumple did intend this to happen? Because I don't he went so. down there without telling anyone else. We saw him recognize that Pan was there, and he went down without telling anyone what was going on. Regina ran down then after that, like apparently knowing that something bad was happening, or maybe just hearing Henry scream and never knew that Pan was even there. Because there, there's no reason, I think, to assume that Regina saw Pan or even knew Pan was there. She just heard Henry screaming. Well, Rumpelstiltskin so did say up on you know deck that he he didn't he say something like he's here. Mm-mm, he didn't. He didn't. His yeah. eyes said it. Yeah, he <laughs> just he, it, you could see that he felt something. So what if he did this intentionally, knowing that he has Henry? in the box i don't think that i mean i don't think so i don't either. think Could that be. yeah i think it's i think it was pan's doing i think rubble stiltskin intended to get pan and instead he accidentally got henry in See? pan's body yeah and it, what if what if pan was grabbing his shadow to use as kind of like a hostage <laughs> <laughs> can you hurt a shadow you well, can hurt it. Taking yeah. it pretty much killed Greg, so I don't think they've fully established how all that junk works. It's it's That's still true. a little shadowy for me. <laughs> uh I think a great way for it to play out would be Rumple just when he's around Henry, he just keeps feeling whatever that is he feels when Pan's around and starts watching him. And then, you know, they get to fight yeah. over what his true intentions are toward henry are and all that stuff yeah. i'll figure it out well in this episode um Rumpelstiltskin did prove himself trustworthy and his son trusts him again mm-hmm. so i don't think he actually intends to hurt henry anymore right and i think that it was still under pan's control because this last scene or little correct collection of things in this last scene is that we see henry who's really pan now walk up to Felix and talk as if this was completely intentional because he's saying pan never fails. I think he's just rolling with it. I don't think he had a clear plan. I think maybe he had like an outline of what he was going to do. If such and such happened or if this happened, I'll do this. If this happens. Yeah. I think he knows what he has up his sleeves. I don't think he had like, I don't think, he planned this out like Henry's I'm not going to be able to take his heart. So I'm going to take a shadow. And then my dad's, I mean, my son's going to come downstairs and he's going to try and prop me in a box. Like, I don't think he knew all that. (laughs) I think it just, he's rolling with it and he knows what he's capable of. And he's putting on this air of, I know what I'm doing. I have everything under control because he's powerful and, you know, powerful will, you know, power will do that for you. It'll give you a sense of, authority and confidence so i'm thinking that's why he acted that way but in that you're saying that still pan switching bodies was intentional 
correct? Pan switching bodies was intentional? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think you made that happen because he has the same thing as his son that, that, that preservation, self preservation mm-hmm. thing. Nasty habits. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's what makes me think that Rumpel wasn't involved with this is because the way that then Henry talks to Felix is like, this was intentional, maybe not planned, but it was intentional. It was intentional. It wasn't planned, I don't think, like you said. Uh, he said blood magic works both ways. Did you make sense of that? No. I was a little confused about that as well. Because he's not related to Regina. He is related sort of to Henry. Pan, I mean. Well, my thinking was that he was saying that about Pandora's box. And maybe Pandora's box was something that Pan had actually created and could only be used by Pan. And so Rumpel was pointing out that, hey, blood magic actually works against you, that I can use Pandora's box, which you've sealed with blood magic. And I can use it against you. That's a sort of stretch because we don't really know. I mean, it it just doesn't seem like I would use a line like that without explaining where Pandora's box came from. Right. We really don't, I think even still, don't completely understand the nature of Pandora's box or, or rather its origin. Like at which point were the boxes switched and who created the box? Where did the box come from? We don't know that for sure about the switching boxes thing i i still think it was just that pan believed it and it happened yeah a sleight of hand no, at the no, moment no, no, sort no. Just, of thing just poof because yeah. he believed it a form of a sleight of hand no just poof i really wish they still did the official podcast so they could clear up these strange things that they write <laughs> yeah it would be helpful uh, this is a bit more complicated than just a taser. <laughs> yeah, some things... They didn't they, really explain the taser. Is that why you're saying that? They did in the official podcast. Yeah, they still managed to get things it. into the show that whether because of editing or whatever else it is, they just don't completely make sense. And we have to just ignore them until they're explained through back channels. Or watch the extras at some point if they have extras on this because they do have to edit this stuff down a lot so they they have to pick certain things to cut because this is a tv show it's on a tight timeline of what they can and can't include in the episode i i like how david came to emma and praised her leadership and it makes me wonder if that might be a direction for emma in the future is that she becomes more of a leader because we've seen in once upon a time and in once upon a time in wonderland they're fans of strong females and regina has been a leader an evil one snow has been a leader but she has no regrets (laughs) and maybe that's emma's future if snow wants to have another baby then i think in emma's future could be more leadership in some way, because of the way that David praised her and, and said that she was such a great leader. It's making me think it's a hint of some future thing that we'll see. Maybe. At the very least, it's just a... Since they were quite intent on labeling everybody for this <laughs> particular part of the season, that was hers. 
So as we sail away from Neverland, do you think this is the last we'll see of Neverland? No, I don't. Did you intend to get Enya stuck in everybody's head? I, I don't Never get mind. that. Sorry. <laughs> Someone out there is laughing. Song the <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most people will understand. I think we'll return because Pan is Pan's home. And Pan's still on the show. And Felix doesn't want to leave Neverland because that's where Pan wants to be. So there's two people who want to return to Neverland. Or do they? I'm sure they do. Neverland is Pan's playground. Well... Maybe Neverland, though, is just the source of his magic, but with the heart of the truest believer, he can take that magic anywhere. That hasn't been pointed out. No, they are not out of Neverland and they are not leaving Neverland. Not yet. You think something's going to happen? Oh, absolutely. I don't think he's going to let them get out. Oh, good point. I would like to see them get back to Storybrooke. And we'll find out. Well, you might find out from the spoilers from Hunter after we end the podcast episode with the discussion. You'll find out maybe whether we're right or wrong, or maybe you've already heard some spoilers of where the next episode will go, but we don't uh, know the spoilers ourselves. But I, I would like to see them make it back to Storybrooke, and that's where Pan starts plotting and manipulating things, and they, the suspicions, like from Rumple, and things start being kind of weird. I'd love to see a Storybrooke reunion before the end of this uh, particular half of the season. Yeah, that would be good, actually. What does he want in Storybrooke? Um, to he, live. He wanted... He, he's, he's, um, he gave up his son because he wanted to stay in Neverland. And he's been working to find Henry all this time so that he could stay in Neverland. But why did he want, in the first place, why did he want to stay in Neverland? Because it's his magical place. He just, he likes flying. He likes, it's it's a special boyhood dream that he had. Well, I would say he wanted to stay in Neverland because that's where he could have the magic. So I think he wants the magic more than the location. I don't and know he wanted about Henry's that. heart, not just so he can stay in Neverland, but so that he can live. Because remember the timer the the giant sand uh, the uh, hourglass that thing was his life he was running out of life and he would die after that but i think it's the magic he's more interested in not where he is because with henry's heart i think he can use all of his magic outside of neverland interesting i guess we'll find out hmm. i wanted to think that he wants to stay in his kingdom basically. And the last thing I was thinking of was about this tiny little bit of pixie dust that we have. Mm -hmm. And Maddie sent in an email saying that uh, she theorizes that Tink is going to give the pixie dust to uh, Blue, the Blue Fairy. And Maddie said, I think that this could redeem herself and she could maybe get her wings back. That is... Very likely and so much more boring than what I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking some catastrophic pan antics and like somehow he ends up with the Jolly Roger destroyed midair and then Tink saves at least some of them with the pixie dust and the rest, well, who knows, which is, you know, kind of action movie-esque. 
<laughs> and probably not at all what's going to happen. <laughs> I was expecting to see the shadow sail to form a white skull and crossbones on it. Oh, that would have been so <laughs> that cool. That would have been cool. Yeah. This is after Black all the Jolly sail. Roger, yeah. which is what we call that flag. The skull and crossbones. Or, sorry, what? that up. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry, I take that back. <laughs> So now we'll have to watch Jared Gilmore, Gilmore pretend to be Pan. This will be interesting. Yeah. And we I shall call him Panry. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't crazy about it. You know, the, the the just the little bit that we saw of him mm-hmm. acting like Pan. So this this should be interesting. I hope he nails it. I'd rather see Jared be Henry. But doing <laughs> things that Pan would do, but not trying to act like Pan. Well, I, I would rather actually, him, I would rather see him act like Pan. Oh, okay. I would rather see him act like Pan because, you know, he's filled with Pan. He is Pan. Pan didn't really act like Grumple's father. So, you know, well, precedent. Grumple's father didn't really act like a father. He acted like a kid. <laughs> he did act like a kid. Yes. But I agree with you. I think there needs to be more, more crazed giggling from Pan. <laughs> crazed <laughs> and more giggling. hitting himself on the head. It's like, think, 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 think. <laughs> that's what, that's what he does yes. at his thinking tree. Maybe Instead that's of what the, it is. the nice tapping the side, it's... Ow! Oh, my goodness. Are you all right? Yeah, the sacrifices I make for the podcast. It's audio, so when you hit your head, you have to make sure they can hear it. Exactly. Wow. Well, this concludes our discussion of this episode, Save Henry. And if you'd like to continue the discussion, then please comment on the show notes and you can check out any screenshots or links that we mentioned over at oncepodcast.com slash 125. And you can also join our forums to keep discussing any episode of Once Upon a Time, past or future, over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Like I mentioned earlier, we have two more episodes of Once Upon a Time coming up before Christmas and before the winter hiatus. A long hiatus. It's going to feel like Boo! forever. Yes. <laughs> I hope we don't grow up before then. We better go to Neverland. I think it's too late for that. <laughs> what if your voice changes? Oh, no. So we'll have our upcoming initial reactions on Sunday, 15 minutes after the episode during Eastern and Central Time viewing. You can also come to the chat room during the episode and chat while we're watching it together. It's a lot of fun. As we say stuff like, did you see that? (laughs) It's it's a lot of fun. And when you send us your feedback for each episode of Once Upon a Time, please remember to put in the subject line of your email that episode title. And I won't give away what that title is for the upcoming episode, but you'll get to hear that in the spoilers from Hunter after we close this episode. But you can send us your feedback after the upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time by emailing feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also send a voice message through the website at oncepodcast.com on your computer or iOS device. Make sure that you tweet Adam if you haven't already and wish him a happy birthday. And uh, if it's the day after or a little bit after, then, well, wish him a happy birthday anyway and let him know that One's Podcast loves him and we'd love to talk to him someday too. But you can follow each of us on Twitter as once podcast 
or each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. Remember to leave those ratings and reviews in iTunes and send us your feedback for future episodes. And until next time, I'm sure you'll make a, well, a mother of some sort. And thanks for listening. <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to donate to help make the podcast possible, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Oncers. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Once Podcast. Season 3, Episode 10, The New Neverland, is directed by Ron Underwood and written by Andrew Chambliss. According to the ABC official press release, the residents of Storybrooke are overjoyed upon the return of Henry and our heroes from Neverland. But, unbeknownst to them, a plan is secretly being put into place by a well-hidden pan that will shake up the very lives of the townspeople. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Snow White and Prince Charming's honeymoon turns out to be anything but romantic when they go in search of a mixed mythical being that could put a stop to Regina cold in her tracks. Pan, Ariel, Prince Eric, Tinkerbell, and the Darlings all guest star in this episode. The promo looks really good. Everyone in town is happy that Henry is back, but Emma realized that Henry is not acting like himself. And what's more confusing is when Pan, really Henry in Pan's body, calls Emma mom. Yeah, that would freak me out. In past fairy tale land, the evil queen will do everything in her power to destroy snow and let evil reign. So I have quite a bit of casting news. Christopher Gorham from Covert Affairs has been cast to play an important role in the life of Emma Swan. No news on his name and what part he will play in the story. SpoilerTV.com, through TV Line, is reporting that Alexandria Metz has been cast as Rapunzel. Metz will make her debut in the 14th episode. No clue if this will be a recurring role or not. I did find a casting call for episode 14. The show is casting the possibly recurring role of a teenage African-American female who comes across as skittish and timid, after having her naturally curious and determined spirit tempered by years of crippling fear. That said, when put to the test, this last can reach within and summon the strength to be a hero. This could be um, Alexandria Metz. It doesn't say for sure or not, because we don't know if this casting calls for Rapunzel, but she has been cast as the, and it, her episode will be appearing in episode 14, just like this casting call. So who knows if it's her or not, but it does make sense if it is. Spoilerguide.com posted an interview with Kitsis and Horowitz. They asked, in the second half of the season, are we definitely back in Storybrooke? Is this where we're going next? Adam Horowitz answered, you will get a great hint at it in episode 11, which is the winter finale. I would watch the last scene and that should set up exactly what to expect in the next half. 
Last episode, I mentioned that New York City Serenade will air on December 15th, but my sources were wrong and this episode will be the first one back on March 9th. Episode 13 now has a title, Witch Hunt. Well, that's all I have for you today. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time! Bye.